0: I'm Allison Katskowski, otherwise known as The Allison K. I'm a fitness innovator and entrepreneur turned business mentor and retreat master. A client experience is more than just making the sale for the transaction. A client experience is about how it's put together so that clients can receive amazing real transformation. Here, you'll hear all about how the industry leaders are creating amazing experiences. I'm always gonna give it to you straight, because I know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for joining me again this week for another edition of Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. We are all about creating not just amazing value for you, the listener, but also this is a space where we talk about not just how we create and develop, innovative client experiences, but also for two other reasons. One, to massively increase customer value and two, to really enhance transformation. This is why the people that I choose to spotlight and that I talk to are creating a lot of this in their own business. So today my guest is Shiraz, the reality interventionist. We're going to have a really interesting conversation around what he does, but also some other really cool stuff too. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Alice. Great to be here.
0: Of course, of course. Please, um, if you don't mind, before we get into all of that, tell my audience a little bit about you first.
1: So, uh, as I said, I'm a reality interventionist because I've discovered most people are addicted to their current reality and don't realize it because when it's like a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, it's it's obvious what's going on. But when it's a reality addiction, when you try to create more success, either make more money or get more clients, you actually go into withdrawal from the space you've been in and it can show up in multiple ways. It can show up in roller coaster income and roller coaster success because you're getting out the, the withdrawal kicks in and you go right back down.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, and other times it's this fear of the new space. So for instance, uh, about 10 years ago, I figured out how I could be making seven figures instead of six figures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And here's the plan. This is what works. And I started getting in contact. I, I actually had Bob Proctor's phone number, John Astroff. like I was building relationships with these yeah. people and my, my income went down to zero. <laughs> and and I am like, what is going on here? Yeah. And now when I look back at it, I can see that this level of success scared me so much that my brain said, Get as far away from it as you can, and just me down to zero.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting?
1: And this is what happens with a lot of people. And so when I let go of that idea of going to to seven figures and said, "Okay, let me try just to get back to six figures," I immediately snapped up within two days. I was making six figures again.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I think what 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 you know, and I know a lot of. People listening are business owners and entrepreneurs. And I think we all understand that we're all really clear on the change that we, you know, where we want to go, right? I don't like what I'm doing now. I want to change my offers. I want to make more money. I want to serve more people, whatever. But I think when we get to that point, we also have to understand that it's going to require us to be a different version of ourselves too.
1: And the thing I've found is it first of all, it's really safe where you are. And yeah. I, there's, there's a cartoon that I love where there's a guy at a podium and there's all these people in the audience and he says, who wants change? And every hand goes up. And then he says, who wants to change? And no hands go up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that interesting? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's very true though, because we don't like change as human beings. We're creatures of habit when we yeah. get, and one of my favorite sayings is we get really good at what we do often.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. But there's also a, um, actual chemical addiction component. Uh-huh. So what people don't get is, um, like, let's go with an emotion, for instance. If you are normally frustrated a lot of the day, you're trying to build your business, things are going well, you're frustrated, and it becomes your default emotion. You have other emotions throughout the day, but most of the time you're in frustration. Your cells actually build receptors for the chemicals associated with frustration. Every emotion has its own chemical cocktail that goes oh, into your brain.
0: Uh, right.
1: So when you decide, you know, I'm done with this frustration, I want to be happy, I want to be in gratitude, I want to be in joy, you, you start trying to be that way, yeah. your cells don't get those chemicals associated yeah. with frustration. Your cells physically go into withdrawal, send a yeah. signal to the brain saying, make this person frustrated. You find yeah. some somebody to be frustrated and your cells are like, oh, thank God. Right, right. So you have to be happy long enough for your cells yeah. to say, we're not going to get those chemicals anymore. Let's change the receptors to the happiness chemicals. Yeah. And then you're addicted to that mood.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. That's um that's an interesting way to describe it because you're exactly right. I'm a total science geek. That's my background. And and it's a lot of what I teach in health and fitness with people when they're trying to adopt new habits. You know, yeah. our our old identity that doesn't like to get up early and get our workout in, or the old identity that's too tired at the end of the day and doesn't want to go to the gym or do whatever it is that we're trying to work on. And so, you know, we get good at that. And so when we try to insert something new in, we have to do it enough so that it becomes more of a habit and it feels more normal to us. And for, you know, any number of people that can take, you know, different amounts of time. But your your point is well taken. We have to keep doing it. Yeah.
1: But there is a hack.
0: Yeah. What's that? (laughs) So
1: you can imagine doing it. Okay. So your brain doesn't care if you imagine something, or if you actually do it, it treats everything as real.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So in April I was I was at a retreat and we had a great time and the pictures came back and I could just see my belly sticking out and I'm like when did I get that fat? Oh my god. <laughs> and and I said, "Okay, I need to work out." But uh, I knew I wasn't in the mindset to work out. Like I was looking at it going, "I want to I want to get rid of that belly, but I know my motivation, I'm not ready to to be working out.
0: I'm not all in,
1: right? I'm not all in." So I started I I go for walks every day anyway. Mm-hmm. So on my walks, I was actually visualizing being at the gym and not just sort of imagine it would be cool to be at the gym. I was actually seeing every exercise that I was doing in real time, right? So the, the push-ups, the curls in real time as I went for a walk. So I was doing a 40-minute workout during a 40, 40-minute walk. Okay. And I and it would, every single day I would do this. After about a month, my brain had said, well, this is just what we do every day. And I started craving actual physical workouts. Huh. So okay. then I just started working out. And the weird thing was like and I knew this was working. When I did used to work out all the time, I always worked out in the afternoon and the evening. I could huh. never get myself to work out in the morning. But I would wake up craving a workout. So I work out in the mornings now. I work out yeah. every morning. Yeah. And so since April, I have knocked two uh I don't want to say two inches, but uh, on my belt, I'm going two loops, I'm down. Okay. So that's a tightened up there and, and my body overall is increasing in mass. And yeah. it was Every day I, I still do the visualization every day because yeah. in the visualization, I look the way I, I'm, my goal is yeah. to look. Mm-hmm. And now my body is going to match the image that I see every single day of myself. Yeah. And this is, this isn't just about the workout. I do this for where, where I want my business to be as well. And I see I'm taking up new habits to Love move them. my business forward because in my mind, I'm already at that space doing yeah. the thing that, that successful person would be doing.
0: No, I love that. I think that's such a key takeaway for people listening is that, you know, anyone can do that now. I think we get stuck in the story that I'm not ready. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I'm doing all these things over here. I've got to wait till I'm finished. That's something that I hear a lot. Um, you know, I'm too busy, whatever the story is. But mm-hmm. we can always start up here, you know, with thinking about what we want it to look like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the things like when you say, I'm not ready, I'm too busy. Uh one of the phrases I love is mediocrity is the best way to sorry um excuses are the best way to justify mediocrity,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well it is true though because we we love our stories just like we love like you know being addicted to like who we are and how we do things. We also love you know being addicted to our stories too, mhm, yeah,
1: and sometimes those stories they seem real and true and there one thing I found is a sense of pride that a lot of entrepreneurs get in their struggles. Yeah, you look at other people and say, "Well, look how easy they got it." I have to go through this, and I have to deal with this, and I have to deal with this. But you don't know what the, that person's personal struggles are. Exactly, You're just coming right. up with excuses that make you feel good about yourself,
0: right? In your goals. right. Right, yeah. well, I mean social media hasn't helped with that because it all it presents <laughs> is is how amazing my life is and my seven figure business is, but there's nothing about how many times I've fallen on my face getting there, right exactly, which even I the most to... successful business owners in the world today have had any number of failures of things, you know, and that's just that's not talked about enough, I don't think
1: they they talk about it in their sales talks, yeah <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, I, yep. every single person i know is, is like i wasn't always like this this yeah. is what i go through <laughs> yeah but that's about the only time you hear it otherwise it's hey this is good and this is great but they don't talk about what their current struggles is and i and i know every every person i know even like my my seven-figure friends my multiple six-figure friends they they've got crap going on in their lives yeah right you know, the the money doesn't change that you're gonna have crap going on in your life it's it's when you when you actually change his attitude that um I, i'm going to get through the crap no matter what
0: yeah right?
1: i'm going to have some amazing times but i know crap's going to show up because that's just how life works
0: yeah right there are no guarantees and
1: yeah and yep. those are the people that are truly happy because when the crap shows up it's like oh this is just the crap showing up as opposed to oh, yeah, is this like, happening all right to me? whatever i didn't
0: invite you but okay all right whatever you know it's just it's an it's a necessary part of life right yeah so let's talk a little bit about what you do in general, because, you know, this show, we talk all about the client experience here. Um, Talk to us about, I mean, we you said at the beginning a little bit, but I want to expand upon that. What does a reality interventionist do?
1: So just like someone um comes in and says, look, you've got an alcohol problem. We're having an intervention. Uh, I'm like, you have a reality problem. <laughs> you're, you're hurting <laughs> yourself. You're hurting people around you, right? <laughs> Yeah. So we need to fix this and we need to get to the, the source of your addictions. Uh huh. And it's often multiple stories. Yeah. Right. So for instance, in, in my life, there, uh, growing up, there was, I had to deal with racism, Because right? mm-hmm. I, I come off as black or Indian to most people. Mm-hmm. So I had black and Indian racial, racial slurs thrown at me. And it wasn't so bad through grade school and high school, though it was there. But when I started crossing borders, uh-huh. I get stopped. I mean, The first time I came back from Rio with a bunch of my friends, they stopped me after customs and said, we have to ask you more questions. Interesting. Okay, so I went to my friends. Hey, they need to ask us more questions. And, he, and the guy's like, no, not them, just you. And I'm like, my friends are white. I'm black. I'm like, okay, I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then every time I crossed the border, there would be extra questions. There would be suspicious looks. There would be getting my luggage searched, getting my vehicle searched. And sometimes getting me searched, right? Uh-huh. And it just, that's normal. And I yeah. could even called a couple people out on it when I was doing the Euro rail, um, thing. I was backpacking through Europe. I remember getting pulled over and, and asked to check my passport when we're crossing borders, but other people are just walking across the border. and I'm like, <laughs> what? so I asked the guy straight up, is this your black check? And he, and he just turned red. And I'm like, just look. I just want to know because I like, see so you letting everyone else go. And he goes, look, I'm just doing my job. And I said, I want to hear it from you. Is this a black check? He goes, yeah. I'm told to ch- check the black people as they cross.
0: Interesting. Wow. Right?
1: So it wasn't just in my mind. I'm getting yeah. For, Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're creating, you're, you've got this evidence that you're seeing too.
1: Yeah. So the evidence is there. This is a thing. And the worst one, uh, which was a weirdly also the best one, was I was in Madrid. I was hanging out at a fountain with all these other tourists and an undercover officer comes and says, I I need to see your passport. I'm like, okay. So I give him the passport and he goes, you don't have a visa. I'm like, I'm from Canada. I don't need a visa to be in Spain. He goes, no, you need a visa. Come with me. And he throws me in a paddy wagon.
0: No way.
1: (laughs) Right. And so now I'm driving around the city in this paddy wagon. And then he throws another black guy in and another black guy in. And eventually there's 10 of us. I'm like, Oh, okay. I understand exactly what's going on here. And they took us all to jail. They processed us in jail. And wow. and then we had to go through a strip search and anal cavity search.
0: Oh, and my gosh.
1: Yeah. And and it's not because it was necessary. It's because they just wanted to humiliate us. That was the only purpose for it. Wow. Right? And I'm standing there watching each person before me just go into this place of shame, taking off the clothes, squatting down so they could have their cavity search. Right. And I'm like, this is like, how did I end up here? How, why is this happening? Now, the thing I forgot was at the time I was in the best shape of my life and we were in view of the holding cell that had the working girls. So when my clothes came off, that that holding cell just erupted with, baby, yes, all right. And I'm like, okay, this is not so bad now. I can handle this. Uh,
0: not what you were expecting.
1: <laughs> not what I was expecting. But then I spent the night on the concrete floor and then the next morning I got the hell out of the country. I did not ever want to go back to Spain. Can't I mean, say Yep. Yeah. But here's the thing. I was talking to one of my coaches about that afterwards and he looks at me and goes, Shraz, are you ready to step out of that story? And I got pissed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm what like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Racism yeah. isn't a story. Racism right. is a thing. Right. And he goes, yeah, racism is a thing. Racism is horrible and it shouldn't be around. But what you're experiencing is a story. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, okay. Every, this is the way stories work. Everyone has stories. Right. Everyone has a benefit out of every story they have. If it's nothing else, than to be right. Yeah. Even horrible things, then you could say, yeah. it happened again, story of my life, whatever. And I looked at him, I said, okay, if you think this is a story, what's the benefit of the story? Because I don't see any benefits. Right? I see myself getting humiliated. I see myself getting delayed. I'm angry. Yeah. There's nothing good that comes of it. And he just looks at me and he smiles and goes, Shrest, whenever you tell your border crossing stories to people, you light up. You feed off the emotional reaction people give you.
0: And you yeah. you can't keep
1: telling the same story or it'll get old. So you got to keep creating new border crossing stories because you don't get denied jobs because you're black. You don't get stopped in traffic because you're black. You don't have any other thing you talk about yeah. that's bad for you because you're black. It's all border crossing stories. I was like, oh my God.
0: You're <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You got me. <laughs> all yeah. right. Wow.
1: Cool. So I, I said, "Oh my very God!" Small
0: right. coach was a very he is, yeah. I,
1: he was amazing. So I said, "Okay, I'm done with this story. I don't need it," and I haven't been stopped since. It just huh. stopped happening. And here, here's the crazy thing: Did you know that there are non-white customs agents? Yeah. See, I didn't because yeah. I was unconsciously lining myself up with the white ones for maximum racism efficiency. I didn't even know I was yeah. doing. It. All of a sudden, I'm like, "Wow, you're Chinese. You're black. You're black." (laughs) They just just started appearing. Yeah, they were always there. I just didn't see them.
0: The more we think about something, our brain will keep showing that to us, right? Yeah, yeah. And And that's a perfect example to just well, not exactly to describe what you do, because I know you don't do border crossings and things, and and your in your programs or anything. But your point is well taken. That you know, we tell ourselves the same story. It's going to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and this I've found a lot of people have this a similar story, not necessarily racism, but I can't get the clients I want because I'm too old or because I'm a woman or because I come from this background. And so and so then whenever that failure occurs, you're like, see? See? And then you get yeah. to feed it. especially if you're telling the story over and over to other people. Yeah. Benefit out of it.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're and you're just all and while talking about it, you're creating more evidence for yourself. Absolutely. Right? Confirmation yeah. bias at its best, right? Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So one of the things that you do in your work with 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 clients is is you you help them, for lack of a better way to say it, change their current reality by yes. starting with like you know an example like what you just gave, not a border crossing story, obviously, but something else, right? That they're continually yeah. telling themselves.
1: Yeah. When you're when you have a consistent problem in your life, the same thing is happening over and over again. Yeah. you're actually addicted to that. You, you, it doesn't feel like an addiction. It just feels like life. But if it's a consistent story, it's an addiction. Yeah. So we find out why you're addicted to that story. What are the benefits? What was the cause of it that incited the story to happen? And then we get you to just step out of that story. Okay. Right? And okay. then life just starts to change. Now, again, it's like going through a rehab program. You're going to start seeing all these results and then you might go into withdrawal. So we have to allow for that. Yeah. Right. That's why it's, it's, imp- this is like, this is regular work because um you may not have known, or you, this may have happened to you where you go through a, a program or you go through a retreat and it's transforming and you come out of it and you go, wow, everything's different. And you start acting differently, but after a while you lost it.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Addiction, withdrawal, boom, back yep. to where you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we do a lot of retreats in my company too. And one of the things, this is why, one of the reasons why I teach, it's so important to have follow-up support because yes. we have to change, to some degree, we have to upgrade our self-concept and our identity too. Because if we're working on something that we haven't achieved before, then we have to become a different version of ourselves in order to do that.
1: Yeah. And yeah. It's, and I'm glad you're doing that because I see that with uh, people that have retreats and then the retreats over it and then...
0: Well, it's not really a retreat though, if that's the case. It's a getaway or a vacation. And let's just be honest, that goes on too. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what's going to get you changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That follow up is key to make sure you don't go into withdrawal.
0: Yeah. 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 Love it. Love it. So, so let's talk a little bit then about how you help people do this. I want to kind of spotlight a little bit what your client experience is. Cause I would think if people are talking about their stories, there's obviously a lot of dialogue going on. You probably haven't. Just talk to me a little bit about how that's structured.
1: When I talk to you, I can tell when your conscious beliefs match your unconscious beliefs. Hmm. So whenever yeah. they don't, I let you know. So for instance, like someone will say, well, what I want to make an extra $100,000 this year. And chances are, I'll say, nope, you do not. So let's find out why you don't. And as we started having the deeper conversations, we find out that, oh, if I make an extra $100,000 every year, I know people are going to come up and say, could I have some money? Can you invest in my business? Now you have to take care of the family. And I don't want to have those conversations. I don't want to be guilted into giving money to people. I don't want that that pressure. And so your mind says, hey, I know the best way to make sure you don't have to feel those feelings. We just won't make the money. Yeah. It goes, easiest solution. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. And this is the thing, your mind prioritizes the avoidance of emotional distress over physical circumstances. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the three biggest emotions it tries to avoid are guilt, shame, and heartbreak. Mm -hmm. So instead of feeling guilty about uh, not giving money to some people that are asking for it, we'll just, we'll make the money. Instead of feeling shame for having so much while other people are suffering, we just won't make the money. Right. Instead of feeling bad because you've like overshadowed your siblings or, or made so much money easily while your parents struggled for it. Well, let's just not make the money. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really simple right? in the money thing, but it comes along in success. It comes along in your health. Right. And sometimes it's not, let's make, let's not make the money. Let's create illness. Let's okay. create loneliness. Let's like whatever it is.
0: Let's create a problem. It's
1: horrible, physical.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. So let's talk about your offers then. So I know you run a mastermind. You do some one-on-one work, I'm guessing too. Let's yep. talk about how all that's set up.
1: So at the lowest level I have is my monthly magic program.
0: Okay. Which so it is mag- like a membership or?
1: It is, it is an ongoing membership. Uh, you, you start off for a year-long program to because we have to make sure you're in long enough to get the results that stick. And then you okay. can go month to month after that. Got it. And we meet the first and third Mondays of every month. Uh, there's two meetings each day to allow for time zones, work schedules and stuff. You show up when you can. And as, as a group where people are saying, this is what's coming up for me this month. And we deal with it. I, I find out what's going on with that person and we shift their beliefs on it. And the cool thing is a whole bunch of people in that group. And I say, oh, I've got that exact same thing. So it shifts for everyone.
0: Yes. Well, that's a that's one of the benefits of a group situation is that, you know, the sharing impacts the other people as much as it impacts the person that's asking for the coaching, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very common for like when I get to the fifth person, they like, say, "I want to thank numbers one and three and four because that was all my stuff too."
0: <laughs> and,
1: yeah, we get and, to get it off my Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And that program also we we have an app that trains your brain to cool. think to me that, uh, in ways of success. Okay. So there's two components I've found is there's, uh, if you're trying to create a, get through a success barrier, you can start removing all these beliefs, these stories to weaken the barrier,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can build your mental muscles to make you strong enough to smash through the barrier. And I found most programs do one or the other. I make okay. sure in our program, we do both. So you get stronger, the barrier we can so you smash through the success much easier.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. So you do a membership and then you have a small group, right?
1: So the membership, and then from there it's the mastermind mastermind okay. includes that membership, but now the, the masterminds we meet to solve business problems, uh, to be accountable, to set goals and to stretch you to make way more money in your business. Yeah. Right. And then a, Of that is my Million Dollar Impact Makers. Okay, That's specifically for women coaches that are around the six-figure income level but unable to go go past it, probably going through yo-yo income each month. They're stuck in the heart of addiction keeping them from getting to that seven-figure level. And we'll get them to seven figures within three years.
0: Okay, got it. So then I'm guessing... A lot of what it sounds like, I've heard you talk a lot about the power of the group, people being able to share and do stuff in a group, but you've got to have some one-on-one in there too, I would guess, right?
1: So with the Million Dollar Impact Makers, there's some one-on-one. Okay. Um, I also have a, like an actual one-on-one program, but I only allow eight people in that per year because otherwise it's going to fill my- Yeah,
0: I like having
1: free time. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> so, your pro- that's your uh, private work then. That's my
1: private work. Uh, okay. but with the other programs, the group has been enough. Uh, people can book one-off, one-on-one sessions with me and they get discounts for being in the program. But very rare does it happen. People will book maybe once, once, uh, like twice a year. Okay. Uh, because they're getting enough out of the group program.
0: Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that for just a minute because a lot of people listening are business owners. And one of the frequent questions and comments that I get in feedback is, is, How can I continue to provide value without stretching me too much from the time standpoint? And this is a common thing I see a lot in my industry, the trading dollars for hours kind of thing, right? And so in a group situation, I can see, I could totally understand why that's the case, but I can also see where there would be some people that might have the false belief that I'm not getting the same value. Talk to me about your feeling on that.
1: I've found that the more people that are in the monthly magic program, the more powerful it's become. Okay. I had that worry starting off too. And I realized that my group wasn't growing very much because I was afraid I'm not going to give as much value. But over the last year, it has doubled and people are, are like, oh my God, these are the best sessions ever. So I wanted it to double again. So, so we do that again. And they go, this is even yeah. better. Yeah. And because there's that energy when one person shifts and everyone else is shifting. That, that joy hits the group and everyone yeah. feels better and everyone becomes more open to stretching yep. and changing who they are. So you actually want bigger groups.
0: Okay. So I'm going to ask you a pretty pointed question. Is okay. more always better?
1: Not always. It depends on who's in the group.
0: Okay. okay. So, so how so do you, instance, do that now? from a value a transformative perspective, groups. how do you do that?
1: I curate my groups. Okay. So. At at the at the lowest level, number one, there's no victimhood. If I find you are in victimhood, like I need you to save me, you cannot be in that group. And I'm straightforward. They're blaming,
0: without, or they're blaming somebody else, or whatever, you know. Yeah.
1: Not, yeah. Right. And so everyone in the group has to come in with this attitude that I'm screwing up somehow. I don't know how. I just need some guidance, and so I can move forward. At the highest level, at the million dollar impact makers, it's. It's very much a personality thing. So when I'm putting a cohort together, every time I add a person to that group, I look at the next person and say, will they get along with this person? They yeah. may be wonderful in another group. I may want to work with them, but will they get along with this group? If they don't, they don't go in that cohort. Yeah. So that that group is so harmonious. They they end up being wonderful friends. They get together. They'll want to be together after they finish the program. Uh, and so I build it that way so that the groups work.
0: Yeah. So you, you really do a lot of like personal selection, tapping people on the shoulder and inviting them with the expectation that this is, you set the intention for what it is that you want. It sounds like. Yeah.
1: And I also tap them on the shoulder and tell them they can't be in the group as well. Because right? mm-hmm. I I have to protect the integrity of the group and I've taken people out of the groups. Now I've told yeah. them, look, I can help you in another way, but you can't be in the group because you're bringing everyone down. And I want no. that. Group.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. I think a lot of um. A lot of coaches, I don't think, I think they talk about it, but they don't really do it very well because they're thinking about making their numbers or they're thinking about hitting their goals or I've got to have eight spots in this program to run it. And then it becomes, yeah. I'm just going to let anybody in, right?
1: Yeah. But here's the thing. When when you let that one person in, that is disruptive. And you, let's say there's 20 people in the group and you let that, uh, you had like, I'm, I'm only at 18. I'll let that person in. And then seven of them drop out because of that person. What good is out to you? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, very good point. Yeah. I, mean, I I understand that. These are just things that people share with me and, and things yeah. that I see online right now. Because I, I do think the coaching space is is getting to an impasse. And I think we're going to see a dynamic change coming in the next year or two. I think it's already starting to happen now. And hopefully we're going to see more people be more intentional about who they let in their programs rather than just simply making the sales, Right.
1: Yeah. And this is the thing for, for my high end program is not how many people can I get? I want 100% of the right fit clients. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. make 30% of my sales. It's a hundred percent of the right fit clients. So I've I got to turn down several people, what like, several people to, to that, that program. And it's, it's not that they're bad people or they won't learn. It's like, no, you're not a fit.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. I think being really clear. I think we can be really clear on who is a fit. But mm-hmm. I think you bring up a really interesting point on, I think we need to be just as clear on who isn't a fit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about this, the, the whole value thing. I understand curating your groups, making sure it's the right fit and all that. But how else do you provide value?
1: How else do I provide value?
0: Cause it, it takes a little nurturing. It takes a little nurturing to get groups to be cohesive. And the example that comes to my mind is a sports team. You might have five, you know, a huge number of talented people, but mm-hmm. it's a special mix. It's a special balance. It's almost like a special formula to get everyone to buy in for the collective good of the group. Now, obviously in a high end mastermind, that's not always the case because people know what they want to get out of it. But they also want to be a part of making the group better too. So how, yeah. how do you do that as a business owner? That's got to be a challenge for you.
1: Well, it's, it's about giving like number one, it's, it's celebrating. Like whenever we start a session, we celebrate with what wins did you get? Everyone yeah. shares wins and charges yeah. each other Yeah. Um, people in my group also get bonuses for other things that I do.
0: Okay. Right. And like so they how? get
1: this down. So will get, uh, a, I decide to do a free workshop, but it's only for my members.
0: Oh, right. I got it. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and within the group, there's always a, some bonding going on. Like I was, I was, I was shocked the first time this happened is we were meeting. Uh, it had been a couple of weeks since we met. And as we're starting off, someone's celebrating a win and then they're saying, like, it happened right after we were dancing. And the, and I'm like, we were dead. We, and like something I wasn't dancing with you. And then a whole bunch of people kind of, Oh yeah, that was great. We had so much fun. I'm like, wait, what just happened? So, oh, like eight of us went dancing this weekend. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, I didn't get invited. <laughs> you didn't get invited. <laughs> <All right>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that, that connection just happened and they, they hang out each, with each other and, and it's, uh, you know, they, they all happen to be in the same city. So they could do that, but, uh, other people in, in different cities can have those little connections and. We often, like, when I'm going on a, on a trip, I let everyone know where I'm going. I'm going for this speaking workshop or I'm going for a JV thing. And some people in the group are like, that sounds good. And so then we all get to meet in person. Yeah. And have that personal bonding as well.
0: Yeah. But I also think too, that's obviously a credit to the culture and the environment that you've created because, Mm -hmm. you know, groups of people, I, I think to some degree emulate a lot of their leader, you know, what's important to their leader. So I think you're embodying what it is that is important to you and you're being that example and they're responding to that. So that's a credit to you as a leader.
1: Well, I like to have fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I know a lot of people take, uh, business, take healing, take this transformation. It's like a serious business. So I've got to get to that level and we're constantly joking around. There's constantly yeah. a lot of people have to deal with my dad jokes all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, I like that, so, but it's what is be it fun.
0: You know, there's enough about it that's, there's enough about business that's not pleasant. You know, I mean, honestly, there are things about every business that just aren't pleasant, but, but why, why should we dwell on that? Why can't we have a good time doing it?
1: And, and this is it. Like, I'm not afraid to be the happiest person in the room. Right. And, and I found when you allow yourself to be the happiest person in the room, then that actually gives other people permission to be happier. Yeah. Because most people look at you if you're the happiest, like, what's wrong with you? You are what drugs are you on? Like you're just you're still happy.
0: Or you don't you don't really understand where I am or whatever, you know? And it's like you want to invite people to come up to where you are, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing. I have been through uh 18 years of crippling arthritis. I have been through bankruptcy. I've been through heartbreak. I I have been through everything, right? And, yeah. well, and so when people when people are like, you don't know what it's like to struggle on on only making like fifteen dollars an hour with all this stuff. And I'm like, I made zero dollars an hour for two years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know what it's like to struggle.
0: <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah. Because that it's the truth though. It's like, look, are you gonna be addicted to where you are or do you wanna be addicted to where you're gonna go? You know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You're one hundred percent in control of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and the 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 more fun you can bring into it, the more people want to stay. The more people want to hang out with you. Right? Yeah. So have have a lot. Of fun.
0: It, 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 it's just it it sounds so simple, but it's so very true. And it's just it's so refreshing when I interview someone and they're like, "No, I like to have a good time, and I think you can have a good time, and you can make you know build a great business, and you can enjoy doing it at the same time." I love that.
1: Yeah, I actually actually had a a client one time. Well, she just before she became a client, she's yeah. You had heard me talk. She, she, uh, was talking to me afterwards. She goes, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about working with you, but I have an issue with you. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, well, it's what you're doing is business related and it's helping with businesses, but there's also this big spiritual component to it. I'm like, yeah. 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 And she goes, every spiritual person I know shows up different from you. There, there's this, this lightness. There's this love. They talk about light and love and they're in this peaceful, calm, serene thing. And you are, and I went, dad jokes and sarcasm. Yes, you are dad jokes and sarcasm. And it's weird.
0: <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I am I take that as a compliment, right? Yep.
1: That was it. This is this is me. Yeah. I'm never gonna change for anyone else. I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna show up yeah. as me. And the people that appreciate it will just come into my tribe.
0: Yeah.
1: And then everyone gets along. So yeah. why would I why would I try to be something that I will make other people that I don't want to work with comfortable?
0: Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's like there's enough in the in, in our in the world that we can't control. It's like, yeah. look, when I'm running my business, I'm one hundred percent in control of this. And why would I want to change that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if and if you're trying to make other people happy, you're not being happy in your business anymore,
0: Is You're not just, being authentic I mean, like, to who you
1: are. Yeah. I gotta make sure this person, I gotta make sure this person. I'm like, no, if they don't like me, then they could leave. And yeah. I don't mean in a harsh way, but it's like I know the right people will show up when I'm authentically me. Yeah, and then it's less work. It's more fun, and they get a bigger shift because they feel it. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, building a business, you know, is is is. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to go into it with an ironclad resolve that I am in one hundred percent belief of what I'm going to be my biggest fan. Right, and I mean, I think that just that needs to be said. That look, it's building a business is not for the faint of heart, but it doesn't mean that. You can't enjoy it and have a good time doing it. It's why after almost thirty years, I'm still in my same industry, where a lot of people that I know have like moved on and they're doing other things. And I'm like, why would I do that? I love what I do, you know.
1: You gotta love what you do.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you you love what you do, you'll never really work a day in your life. Now there are things that I don't like, but the there the, those those don't outweigh the other things. Fortunately, yep. right.
1: And as yeah. you go, you, you find out that the things you don't like, you can delegate, uh, automate yep. or eliminate. And then you're yep. just left with the stuff you love.
0: Exactly. Right. Which is really how it should be. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about some of the client wins. Like I love your whole philosophy of, you know, how you built your business, the programs that you do are all in alignment with your core values. It sounds like, and that your number one goal is to. Obviously, it's not just to get people where they want to go, but you're going to have a really good time doing it because that's really how we should be when we live life, right? So, I know you probably got a million client win stories, but you know, think of share share with us a couple.
1: One of them was was one of my uh, first clients. I worked with her, and over the course of a year, we—it's going to sound weird as a as a win—we uh, hardly had any changes. But what was happening was it's all internal. And yeah. so it wasn't showing up physically. And then after a year, she said, okay, you know what? This has been good. I've been enjoying it. But when's the big change coming in? And I, I looked at her and said, you don't want big change? And she goes, yes, I do. And I said, no, every time I've brought up something that could cause big change in your life, you've dismissed it or changed the subject. <laughs> she goes, but I want big change. And I could see that we'd done so much work. She was She was at that thing, but she wasn't quite over it.
0: Right.
1: I said, okay, if you really want big change, we can do some shifts and it's going to cause big change, but I want you to be prepared. It's, it's all going to work out, but there's going to be big changes. And she's like, but that's what I want. Okay. Well, let's see. (laughs) Right. So, so we did the work and she calls me the next, the next week and she goes, what the hell did you do to me? Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I knew exactly what was going on. And she goes, I've been fired from my job. I'm being evicted from my apartment and I broke up with my boyfriend. And I said, Oh, and she goes, I, I wanted big change. I'm like, things have changed. And she's like, this is not what well, I
0: wanted. You got it.
1: Yep. I said, did you like your job? She goes, you know, I hated my boss. Not a problem. Did you like your apartment? No, the landlord wasn't fixing things. Not a problem. Did you like your, your boyfriend? We were always fighting. It's all gone. And so she's like, but, but I said, look at that. You weren't willing to give up what was holding you back to get to where you want to be. And a lot of people are stuck there. They're not willing to let go. Right. And so everything that was holding her back got taken away. Skip five years ahead. She's making over five times the income she was making before. And that's personal. And her, her business was making a lot more because now she's got her own team. She's the boss. Yeah. Right? She's vacationing in exotic places twice a year. Her business has yeah. won two best business in Ontario awards two years in a row. And Get she's back. ranked number eight in the province. Right. Uh-huh. And she's just like, Okay, I see what happened now. <laughs> like, if you look back and you, I get it. I get it
0: now. <laughs> sometimes that's what has to happen, you know. Yeah. The the what sometimes what no longer aligns has to literally fall away in order to be so that we can be available for what's coming.
1: Yeah. Now on the on the flip side of that, I have a client that just she just gets it. She gets how the changes can occur and how powerfully they can occur. Yeah. And she came to me, and um, it was two days before a event she was hosting. Uh-huh. It was an online event. They do it every year. They, I think it was like the last eight years. And they always had about 3,000 people show up to this event. And she calls me and she goes, there's 1,500 people registered. And I'm like, uh-huh. And I said, you still got two days. Don't most people register in the last two days? She goes, I've been doing this for eight years. I know how many people register for this event. Most people are registered by now. We should be like at 2,500, almost 3,000. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So why don't you want a lot of people in the event? And she's like, what? <laughs> and so i said well if they're not coming you don't want them to come so let's figure out why you don't want them to come and i said what's different this year she said i'm hosting i said you host every year and she goes no, no no i run it every year but i'm actually the host on stage this year and so all the stuff came up about uh, is she worthy Um, uh, what if yeah. she says the wrong thing to the guests what if she does something to embarrass herself and we have to pull all of that out two days later eight thousand people showed up for that event
0: oh holy <laughs> yeah so i mean you know there are it's amazing how we create barriers for ourselves yeah you know and i think one of the ways that you really help provide value is is you're you're not really teaching people what they don't already know you know that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it it's like you're you're just pointing out what they really can't see because they're in their own bottle and they can't read the label as my coach tells me right
1: and this is this is what I tell people um all the time. It's like if you want me to do the work, I will not work with you. Yeah. If you want me to guide you to where you could do the work, I will absolutely work with you.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's let's. It's like let's be clear. We're going to make that distinction right from the beginning.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So last question before we wrap up. Talk to me about some of the challenges and as a business owner to, you know, to use your word. To continue to curate your groups and to get, not get, that's not the right word, but to attract the most ideal clients that are best fitted for your work.
1: So for curating the groups, number one, every now and then ask them what they want. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't try to guess. Right? Just, yeah. just right and I, out ask I'm them. I'm
0: talking like in your marketing and, you know, how you promote yourself. Yeah, Is there, there's a lot of people out, out there in various different ways talking about the things that you're talking about.
1: Make sure it's your, your own flavor. Right. Okay. Um, like the way I talk about this is vastly different from most people. Most, most people don't even have that phrase. I would, that. I would agree. I would agree. So there's that, but get out there and talk about it. Like be on podcasts, be on stages, like, and, yeah. and get your message out. Yeah. And, and then give people a taste. Like here, here's one thing I found with a lot of entrepreneurs is if you do an hour long workshop, Give them your best stuff. Yeah. Like right? People say, well, okay, no, I want to save it for when they're actually in the course. I'm like, no, no, you've got, it's an hour. Seriously, yeah. how much can you really give them in now? So yeah. give them your the best stuff. They're just yeah. going to want more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Very good tip. That's a good way to think about it. Our number one goal is always to share value. Yeah. Our number one goal is never to make the sale. The yeah. customer makes the sale when they make the decision, right? Our goal Absolutely. is to share the value, and I think that's a lot of a lot of the mistakes that I see other coaches make online
1: and and there's some people are coming from this sort of like lack mentality, but some of them are coming from this um self worth like well, if I give them my best stuff, well then what's left and I'm like, but you've got so much value internally, and they're afraid they're gonna run out right yeah and, but my question is five years ago. Do you still have the exact same knowledge that you did from five years ago? No. Nothing in that time. Yeah. Like, no, I've learned all this stuff. Well, what do you think is going to happen in a couple of years from now? You're going to have all this new material. It's just part of.
0: Now, we growing. all have yeah. not just only a wealth of knowledge to share, but we're all equipped with everything that we need. Yeah. You know, we're the ones that cut off the tap to abundance. Yes. You know, there's a constant flow constantly going, right?
1: I like to flip things around and be, some people really get this is most people are, are taking courses, going out, doing stuff to gain value. So people could say, I've done this, therefore I have value.
0: Right, right.
1: I start from, I have value. I have so much value. The reason I take the courses is to find different ways to express that value. Interesting. Whether I take them or not, I still have all that value.
0: Uh-huh. I like that. I like that because we do. I mean, if you're 100% in on yourself and yeah. what you do and your purpose and your mission, whatever you want to describe it, you're exactly right. And yep. when
1: you embrace that, you just, you just inherently have value. People start to see that and yep. you get this because I'm sure for you and for a lot of, a lot of people watching, there are people who you would spend money just to be in the same room with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. Yep. They don't have to do that. You just want to be in the room. Like you can be that person when you strip off all the reasons why you are not that person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I make a big point of telling my entrepreneurs that you gotta put yourself in the room with people who think bigger than you. Yes. You know? You know, or people that are further along the road, however you want to describe it than you, because there's always something to be learned.
1: And this is the thing. If if I'm if I want to work with someone, one of the things I check is do they have coach? Hopefully multiple coaches. If they don't, I don't want to work with them. Yeah. That's the mindset I'm in. That's the mindset I want from the people I'm being educated from.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I agree with you. It's like, I will not work with someone who's not working with a coach. Yep. It's that important to me because I invest in my personal development and I expect who I work with to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Tony Robbins has a coach. (laughs) Multiple, multiple coaches. So, so, I
0: mean. (laughs) I mean, you think of like LeBron James, think of like the most you know, successful people, they've got multiple people working with them on, you know, everybody's got their lane and that's what makes them so good at what they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So
1: at that point, it's, it's not, you know, it, it all becomes like, I'm this good. What's, what's there? What's the next step? Love it.
0: Love it. I love it. Where can people connect with you?
1: Energeticmagic.com. Your website? my website
0: energetic oh, magic I see it. okay energetic and you're on social media as well
1: yep uh facebook it'll be slash energetic magic instagram energetic dot magic i don't know why energetic magic was already taken by the time i got there <laughs> oh. And uh, and i have a youtube channel so just search energetic magic
0: okay fantastic yeah. thank you so much for talking to me today about what you do and how you provide value and get amazing results for your clients
1: Thank you, Allison. It's been great.
0: My pleasure. So folks out there listening, if you, um, you know, if this episode has been really inspirational and helpful for you, I invite you to copy the link and share it with a guest, with a colleague, with a friend, with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Lots of golden nuggets in this, in this episode today, lots of things that you can walk away with and hopefully implement in your business today and hopefully share with the people that you work with inside of your business uh, whatever that is. Um, if you are in the business of client experiences and you are interested in being featured, we would love to talk to you. So please go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and reach out to me and we can begin the booking process as well so that we can spotlight you for the amazing value and transformation that you are putting out into the world. This is how we create change. This is how we start a movement. And this is why both of our shows are consistently ranked in the top 100 and why we're heard worldwide. It's because of people like you because you're sharing, you're subscribing, you're downloading, you're taking the time to listen, and you're telling a friend about us. And for that, please know how incredibly grateful I am for you. That's what we got for you this week on the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye.